Hello, are we live? Okay, guys. Well, is it just me or does it appear that the White House is now making their propaganda a little bit too obvious? They have predicted a hundred million infections of this ongoing illness this fall. So President Biden, like a psychic with a crystal ball, is predicting that, you know, four or so months from now, we are going to see more illnesses than we've seen in over the course of the entire pandemic. I'm going to show you guys a look at the latest numbers from World Health Org. Over the course of more than two years of this pandemic, Americans haven't even seen 100 million, ca- or 100 million cases. Yet Biden says we are going to have 100 million new cases this fall. That's pretty intense. What's going on? Yet the mainstream media is dutifully reporting that as Biden begs Congress to pass more funding for the illness, not only for therapeutics, you know, medicines that Biden likes, but as well as needles in the arm. He's still really trying to get more needles in the arm. He's got a big global uh, global illness summit that he's hosting in two days with world leaders. Biden's the main guy in charge of the summit. And uh, he his main goal is to get needles in the arms of every American I ha- or everyone in the world, honestly. So as the distraction news just chomps away at its distraction stories, interjecting Roe v. Wade so we don't have to talk about what world leaders are actually planning, um, I'm going to talk about what world leaders are actually planning. And the taxation without representation, they're trying to pass billions of more, uh, allocate billions more of your tax dollars, not to fixing our economy, but to big pharma. Biden is making very clear he needs to take all of that big, uh, all of uh, all of our hard earned money and give it to his buddies in big pharma, because apparently we still don't have enough needles and uh there's, there's a new kind of needle that they're coming out with. They hinted at as well. So I'm going to, ooh, let me play the soundbite from Saki today. I'm going to play some of what Jen Saki said today. Check this out. President said in a statement yesterday, more Americans will die needlessly. All right. So he is the president of doom and gloom. Uh, he keeps saying we're all going to die needlessly. You, you remember the dark, depressing winter of mass death that he predicted for the holidays. Well, now he's saying we've got a fall of mass death coming up as well. So uh, before I get into more of these sound bites, a shout out to the sponsor of my coverage. Over the years, you've probably tried different investments in stock and mutual funds. So you know they can be volatile and unpredictable, but with inflation running at its highest rate, for 40 years. Do you want volatility and uncertainty? Probably not. Neither do I. Well, being able to sleep at night, knowing your investment isn't, isn't about to crash is worth its weight in gold. And speaking of gold, if you've been jumping from one investment ID to the next, gold IRA or noble gold is perfect for you. A reliable hedge against inflation just fell in our laps. With gold, you shield your gains from taxes. You keep the real value of your wealth. You own a global asset, something tangible, and you help protect your wealth against an economic crash. 
What's not to like? And this month for every IRA above 20,000, you'll get an incredible three ounce silver American virtue coin completely free as a thank you. Call 877-646-5347 now to find out more or visit noblegoldinvestments.com. Link down in my description, noblegoldinvestments.com. A lot of people are switching to gold and silver in this creepy economy that we're in. Uh, and we're going to get into some of the inflation sound bites today as well, because Jen Psaki made some really strange uh, comments that basically describing Biden as a dictator. Um, so let's, let's listen to what Jen Psaki said about funding for the illness and how we must we must fund this illness. She said it today that we just haven't given big pharma enough money. And a reporter was like, well, Congress doesn't really want to pass that many billions of dollars for big pharma. Uh, what's happening is Republicans are standing in the gap. They're actually standing up for their constituents right now and saying, I don't think my, vo- uh, my voters want to blow their tax, tax dollars on more big pharma. Um, pills and needles. And uh, so the reporter's like, okay, so what if you, what if maybe the hangup is title 42? Maybe if you guys agree to keep title 42 in place at the border so that migrants can't just flood through, maybe that's a compromise. And Saki's like, no, 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 we can't do that. See, the pandemic is not serious enough to block migrants from coming across who might have the illness but it is serious enough that we have to blow billions on new pharmaceuticals. All right, here's the soundbite. We don't want to sugarcoat it, that we need more money. Um, we don't have a plan B here. Uh, we will use the few funds we have remaining to continue getting tests, treatments, and vaccines out to Americans for as long as we can. And we're going to continue to work the phones, hold briefings, and make our case publicly and privately with lawmakers, imploring Congress to act immediately after our long, after uh, uh, to help us on our long overdue COVID needs. I will say that we are having conversations at a bipartisan level on, with uh, by, uh, bicameral um, about what the impact will be, which president said in a statement yesterday, more Americans will die needlessly. And why? Uh, because we're going to exhaust our treatment supply. We'll lose to, out to other countries on promising new treatments. We'll lose our place in line for America to order new COVID vaccines. We'll be unable to maintain our supply of COVID tests. And our effort to get help lower-income countries get COVID vaccines into arms will stall, which is especially relevant given the uh, the international summit we're hosting. So uh, we, we will uh, use the remaining funds we have to kind of spread it as we can, but we need more money in order to continue to effectively run uh, the programs we've been running uh, to date. If it takes a vote on Title 42, would the president be okay with a vote happening to try to block Title 42 going away in order to get a vote on the COVID funds? I know there's a lot of talk on this out there, and so I understand why you're asking, but right now there's a lot of steps that would need to happen before that came to the president's desk. Um, I would say our view, his view, continues to be that the lifting of Title 42 was a decision uh, made by the CDC. It was the authority given to them by Congress uh, that should not be holding up funding that's necessary to save the lives of Americans. Um, but again, there's are ongoing discussions in Congress at this point. Yeah, so Title 42 is a law that was passed early in the 20th century saying that there's if there's a serious communicable disease out there, our government is allowed to shut the border to migrants 
because they might help spread that disease into the U.S. So that's what Trump Trump was like, oh, it, we can use that to help stop this influx of migrants. And then Biden kept it in place, but now he's saying, let's get rid of it. So it's like this double narrative of saying this illness is so bad that we need to spend at least $10 billion more billion on new, new needles and new therapeutics, new pharmaceutical pills. But it's not bad enough that we need to shut down our borders because of the spread of the illness. They want those migrants coming in and they want needles in everyone's arm. So they're trying, they're trying to be two-faced right now. And it was so obvious in there. So anyway, let's look at Biden's statement yesterday. He, he put this out statement from President Biden on funding for the illness and Ukraine White House.gov briefing room. And he's basically saying here, okay, I, I tried to, I tried to shove the funding for my big pharma buddies into the funding for my Ukraine buddies and Republicans in Congress aren't buying it. They don't want to blow all that money um, like that. So he's like, okay, maybe I'm willing to split it up if that helps get funding to Ukraine quicker while we continue to debate how much to allocate to big pharma. Um, he says down here, I highlighted it without timely, uh, illness funding, more Americans will die needlessly. We'll lose our place in line for America to order new treatments and needles for the fall, including next generation needles. Ooh, next generation needles in the arm that are now under development. What is this? Why isn't the media talking about this next generation needle under development? But that's what he wants to fund and be able, he says, and be unable to maintain our supply of new testing for the illness. He's saying we've got to pass these tax dollars now. Get that billions and billions of funding to my big pharma buddies right now or we're going to fall behind in line and some other country is going to scoop up our needles and our pills and our tests. And he says, quote, in the fall, if we're hit by new variants, it will be too late to get the tools needed for protection, critical treatments that will be available in Europe, but not in the United States. In addition, our efforts to help lower income countries get the needle in the arm will stall. Okay. So can we talk about this, uh, next generation needle that's under development. I think he's, he's talking about, um, you know, something for the new variants, because that's been the big criticism of these needles uh, as soon as they were developed. So first people got the uh, new technology um, needle in the arm, December 15, 2020. And already the illness was mutating. There were tons of variants and, so, so it was never a very effective needle because it was developed for that first variant. So I think when he's talking about next generation, he's talking about trying to develop the same sort of needle technology for all the new variants. But this thing, um, even the, the Pfizer CEO has said, he's like, you know, as, as long as it takes to develop these needles and, and the, Hey, they're rushing them on to the market. We all know. But it does take time to develop that needle. And as soon as it's developed, the illness is already mutated to another 
variant, you know, kind of like the flu. That's why the flu needles that people get every year are never that uh, accurate. I think um, doctors tell you, you know, you, you get your flu shot every year, but it is only going to be like 30% um, successful. So anyway, uh, Biden is pushing that needle narrative um, two days before he hosts this big global needle summit with the primary goal of getting needles in every arm. CNN hosted uh, Minnesota Senator Tina Smith, who pushed the same narrative. Take a look. Absolutely essential. Yeah, important that you brought up the Afghan refugee crisis. Um, let's talk more uh, about the COVID aid because the White House is warning now that without any additional resources, the U.S. could potentially see 100 million COVID-19 infections just this fall and winter. This aid has been stalled for months now. Do you worry at all that it loses urgency, though, if the funding is separated from that, that Ukraine aid that is very much needed? Well, let's keep in mind what happened here. There was a bipartisan negotiation between um, the Democrats and Mitt Romney on the Republican side to come up with a COVID package. was not all that I think that we need. I believe, for example, it's extremely important that we provide global vaccine um, aid if we want to um, finally get control of this pandemic. Um, but you're absolutely right. We need to have a real sense of urgency here. And here's one example why it matters. If we don't take steps right away to purchase the vaccines and therapeutics that are available, then the companies that manufacture these products are going to end up selling them to other countries around the world. And we're going to lose an opportunity to make sure that Americans have the very best um, therapeutics and vaccines heading into the fall. So it is not time to be dilly-dallying around and playing politics with this. That's why I think it was so wrong for uh, uh, Senator McConnell to separate these two things. It would have been better if we'd been able to do them um, together. That would have been quicker. That would have kept the urgency up for both of them. But if he refuses to do that, then we have to move quickly on COVID as very soon. Yeah. Okay, so you saw that lower third on CNN just now that it was it, it's a hundred million people in America that are going to fall ill this fall. Here's Washington Post saying the same thing: "Quote coronavirus wave this fall could infect hundred million." Administration warns the projections for fall and winter are part of a pitch for additional funding for the needle treatment and testing, and the media across the board has just dutifully reported this absolutely kooky, outrageous number. Why do I call it kooky and outrageous? Because let's look at World Health Org numbers. Okay, here's the World Health Org illness dashboard. And here you have the United States. It says right here, confirmed cases, 81 million confirmed cases in the United States, period. Over the course of two plus years, Americans have only, only 81 million have tested positive and Biden is says says this fall alone there's going to be a hundred million and the media just parrots that as if it probably will happen not even questioning why does he have a looking glass four months into the future how on earth does Biden know that this many people are going to catch it and is that even reasonable whatsoever the media is not questioning this and I'm not seeing, I, you know, I've, I've been like keeping my eye on Fox News lately because I'm like, what are you guys up to, bro? You think you say you're on the people's side. 
Fox News, I'm not seeing Fox News question this narrative either of the 100 million uh, illnesses. I'm, I'm pretty concerned about the scare tactic that the Biden admin is doing right now because, I mean, fortunately, I think a lot of Americans have woke, woken up a lot in this pandemic. But just when the pandemic first rolled around, spring of 2020, I was dumbfounded at the gullibility of the American people. I was in, on the inside as a, a newsroom insider at Fox and seeing how the narrative was spun and seeing how, well, initially they wanted to suppress recovery rate. Don't let the public know how quickly you, the average person recovers from this illness because we want to hype it up as much as possible. And I was like, boss, why are, why are we hyping it up? Shouldn't we just keep it real? Well, we want as many people to shelter in place as possible. Well, why do we want people to shelter in place? Well, because the government said the best thing for them is to shelter in place. So it's like a lot of the newsroom, we, we do get brainwashed in the newsroom to take what government officials, especially health officials say as gospel. Why would health officials lie to us? You know, so I am, I'm just a little concerned that we're seeing, um, the Biden men put out outrageous numbers like that and all, all the media headlines parrot it. And I want to see, you know, alternative outlets call it out. But all I'm seeing Fox do is report on random crime and go on and on about Roe v. Wade when our bodily autonomy and our individual liberty is at stake right now. Of bodily autonomy and individual liberty of every global citizen is at stake right now. This is not the time to have a Roe v. Wade debate. It's not the time to talk about random crimes. And it's also not the time to suppress important election coverage that I talked about yesterday. So I'm pretty disappointed in Fox News and um, I want to show you guys uh, this memo from World Health Org in regards to the global needle summit, global illness summit. Um, it's happening two days from now, hosted by Joe Biden. Uh, who.int, who's official website. Quote: World leaders urged to make firm commitment at second global illness summit by ACT Accelerator Agency leads, published today. They put out this memo, which that headline implies that not every global leader is as hysterical about the illness as they would like global leaders to be. They want global leaders to act like Joe Biden and be pushing propaganda that 100 million people are going to fall ill. But most global leaders aren't doing that. Joe Biden is doing a good job of it, though, and his media buddies doing a good job as, of reposting his headline, copy and paste, no questions asked. WHO goes on to say, quote, this week, world leaders will gather to consider crucial next steps in the global illness response. We applaud the co-hosts of the second global illness summit, the United States, Belize, Germany, Indonesia, and Senegal, for bringing together governments from across the globe to make concrete commitment to needle the world, to get uh Sticks in the arm of every global citizen, it says here. Save lives now and build better health security. Recent WHO 
estimates show the death toll associated with the illness in 2020 and 2021 was just under 15 million, a sobering reminder of the human cost of this pandemic with reported cases falling globally. It is tempting, but misguided to think the crisis is over. This is the moment to intensify efforts, not to ease off. This summit gives leaders the opportunity to write the closing chapter of the pandemic, an opportunity they cannot afford to miss. It is imperative that leaders seize this opportunity to mobilize the funding and political will required to achieve global targets for needle coverage. See, that's the main plan in two days. I would guarantee you. They're making it very clear here. Global targets for new needle technology coverage. Needles in every arm, right here. Testing rates and access to treatment, including oral anti-illness uh, and oxygen. Achieving these targets is essential in ending the pandemic. Oxygen, they're not talking about ventilators, are they? Because studies show you're more likely to die on a ventilator than Whenever, when ventilators were first implemented in New York City, when the pandemic first hit, the survival rate on a ventilator was 12, 12%. Um, there are studies that show that ventilators cause um, infection in the lungs themselves. The ventilators do nothing else. So that's just like, what do they mean by that? The oxygen. Anyway, so... You better believe in two days they're going to be scheming on how to hype this up to global citizens, that there is going to be a massive outbreak this fall, because if they can say that, then it's going to be more likely to get needles in every arm. And I know you guys, you guys have been predicting this, uh, you know, my viewers, I've been seeing your comments for weeks, if not months saying, well, we all know that this fall, Biden's going to say there's a huge outbreak because of the election. Right, So there's a big concern with the election, too, because if you all saw Dinesh D'Souza's new film and the those emergency measures that election officials threw into place um, that opened the elections up to be compromised, we don't want to see that again. We want to have elections that are fortified um, and that comply with the law. A judge in Wisconsin just in January ruled that how Wisconsin officials handled their election in 2020 was illegal. They implemented pandemic-related measures that were, in fact, illegal according to election law. So we don't want to see that happen again in 2022. And my viewers have been predicting that Joe Biden was going to create something about a big outbreak in this fall. And what do you know? My viewers must be psychic because that's what Joe Biden this past week just did, saying 100 million people are going to get sick when only 80 million people have gotten sick in the entire course of a two-plus-year pandemic. And the media is just parroting that. So if logical people who are actually looking at common sense are not calling this out and the media is just parroting nonsense that Biden says, that concerns me that enough Americans will be duped into hysteria this fall that we may have a, a pretty big issue in regards to our elections and in regards to bodily autonomy when it comes to what you do and don't 
put in your body? Is something going to be forced on us? Is a needle, is a needle going to be mandated after all? When we think we're in the clear here, we're breathing a sigh of relief and switching to a debate over Roe v. Wade while Biden stuffs Ukraine full of our billions in, in tax dollars. But he's gearing up for something serious this fall, and you guys should be aware of it. In addition, the FDA says that Americans should now treat the illness like the flu. And you may say, oh, my gosh, thank God, the FDA is finally being logical. But here's why they're saying that. Um, NTD, a part of Epic Times, is writing about this. And they say, uh, so it says here, several top FDA officials, including Commissioner Robert Califf, admitted the Americans will now have to accept that the illness is another respiratory illness compared to influenza. FDA Commissioner Robert Califf, Principal Deputy Commissioner Janet Woodcock, and top needle official uh, Patrick Marks wrote for the Journal of the American Medical Association that the illness will be around for the foreseeable future while suggesting that it will require yearly needle targeting the most threatening variants of the illness. So there it is. They want yearly uh, sticks in the arm. I'm, I'm using all the code words. Um, so that's why they're finally treating it like the flu, because you see, enough Americans have been duped about the flu that you need to, you need to get a yearly needle to avoid the flu that they're saying, okay, maybe that's what we need to do. Just say, hey, this is like the flu, so get a yearly needle. Um, they want their big pharma buddies to be able to go long-term on this stuff. I do have, um, you know, how Biden talked about a winter of death and destruction in the U.S. Here's, here's the CDC numbers on illness deaths over the entire course of pandemic. So this is, um, Biden was saying basically that going into the holidays, we were going to see uh, death and destruction. So here in December, there was about a thousand illness deaths per, uh, per week, seven day moving average, thousand people dying. And then it actually got the worst in uh, January into February. There were, about 2,000 people dying. Um, so right now we're just under a million illness-related deaths. And again, um, it's just not clear how many people died with it or of it. So those numbers could be highly inflated because uh, people have always died, for instance, heart disease, the number one killer. A lot of heart disease patients who were going to die every year of heart disease anyways you know, also tested positive for the illness. So then they're included um, with it. Um, so it's just unclear how many died of it or with it, but we are about to hit the million person mark and we're at 995,000 illness deaths right now. So just be aware, be prepared in the next week or two that Biden admin is going to hype that up big time. When we hit the million person mark, million illness deaths in the past two plus years, they are going to hype that up huge because they're trying to get the world needled 
the world jam- just hit in the arm. Um, and so just be, be aware. Um, the propaganda is just around the corner. And um, I wanted to show you flu. So since FDA is comparing the illness to the flu, I did want to show you this. I have uh, th- those numbers here. So says uh, this is cdc.com. The overall burden of influenza for the 2018-2019 season was an estimated 29 million flu illnesses, 13 million flu-related medical visits, 380,000 flu-related hospitalizations, and 28,000 flu deaths. So that's how common the flu was before the pandemic hit. We did see... um, flu rates absolutely plummet um, like never before once the pandemic hit, which was really sketchy to most level-headed Americans and people who were brainwashed in the, in the narrative said, well, flu disappeared because people started wearing masks. That's why the flu's gone. Um, But anyway, so before the pandemic, it was 29 million Americans who caught the flu every flu season. So that's quite a bit. Biden is predicting a hundred millions of Americans will catch the new illness this fall. Now, Biden should be applauding uh, the Taliban because the Taliban just implemented a mask mandate for women. Oh, but (laughs) this is a different kind of mask mandate, you guys. Taliban is banning women from showing their faces in public. Women in Afghanistan will now be protected from the illness like none other. Quote, Afghan women deplore Taliban's new order to cover faces in public. In their latest decree, the Taliban says it is requiring for all respectable Afghan women to wear a hijab. The Taliban has issued yet another decree imposing further restrictions on Afghan women and criminalizing their clothing. This is very sad. This is what the Afghan women knew would happen when U.S. withdrew, President Afghanistan went on the run, and Taliban easily took over. This is a very sad day for the Taliban women. But since Saki and Biden love masks, they were upset that the airports were no longer going to force their customers to wear masks. Saki should be applauding the Taliban if she's going to stay in line with covering your faces. She was asked about this in her press briefing today, and here's what she said. Does it surprise us that they're protesting in the streets? No. These are women who have been courageously standing up against oppression, against the Taliban for decades. Um, and, uh, you know, we will continue to be uh, supporters through any means possible of their uh, efforts and their bravery and courage they're showing today. <laughs> well, well, good. Honestly, I'm glad she's against masks in this instance. Thank God. Um, you can, you can, you know, it's okay to enact tyranny on covering our faces when there's an illness around, but if men just want women to be modest, then it's bad. Um, I think it's always bad to try to control what we wear. Government should never do that, whether you're Biden or the Taliban. Anyway, another, uh, Saki said some wacky things today. I want to play this to you. Um, she basically said 
she basically she said that Biden controls all three branches of government, which would mean he's dictator. Take a look at this. Uh, what the president's done is taken steps to address both of those uh, enormous, uh, enormous challenges uh, and, and tried to put forward solutions to them. Uh, we'll leave it to the Federal Reserve, outside economists, inside economists uh, to, to make other projections on what's next. They've already made projections about when they expect inflation to come down. As he noted today, he is the president. We do, do control all forms of branches of government. That's why he laid out very clearly what he'll continue to do as president to bring down prices. All three branches of government. That sucks. I know that's what she wants, but right now it's thankfully not true. Um, so there's the legislative branch, the executive branch, and the judicial branch of government. Biden is the head of the executive branch. He's clearly not the head of the legislative branch, which is why we're seeing Republicans in Congress push back and not fund, uh, you know, not immediately fund his pharmaceutical bodies to get more needles in the arm, which I'm fully predicting Republicans will eventually cave and be like, oh, yeah, 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 I guess you can jab everyone's arms with the taxpayer dollars because you know what? Republicans in Congress are pushovers. And I think they're, end of the day, in the same boat with Biden. They just try to act like they're not. Not all the members of Congress. We do have some that really do represent their constituents. But um, I did, you know, before we wrap the show up, I got to show you what the... Um, the disinformation SAR, Biden's new disinformation SAR. She has plans for Twitter, of course, because Elon Musk is, you know, allegedly paving the way for Twitter to be a free speech platform. You can't have that now. Um, we, we can't be allowing free speech in our country. So the disinformation SAR has a new plan for how to control Twitter. She wants to make Twitter more like uh, Wikipedia, where other people can edit someone's post. So if you tweet something, she wants to give verified users permission to edit your tweet. So if someone has a blue check, they can go around and edit other people's tweets. So you better believe she's going to be controlling who gets a blue check. She'll be de-blue checking a lot of people. And blue checking others. Okay. So here's what she said. Um, and I am eligible for it because I'm verified, but there are a lot of people who shouldn't be verified who aren't, you know, legit in my opinion. I mean, they are real people, but they're not, um, trustworthy anyway. So verified people can, um, essentially start to edit Twitter the, the same sort of way that Wikipedia is. So they can add context to certain tweets. Um, so, just as a easy example, not from any political standpoint, if President Trump were still on Twitter and tweeted a claim about voter fraud, someone could add context from one of the 60 lawsuits uh, that went through the court or uh, something that an election official in one of the states said, perhaps your own secretary of state uh, <laughs> and, and his news conferences, something like that, adding context so that people... Um, have a fuller picture rather than just an individual claim on a tweet. Wow, that's that's interesting. Of course, she wants to control Twitter that way. Very interesting. So, um, before before we wrap it up, um, to put on your radar, you know, the J six people are still being um, carted off to prison. One of them 
today. Um, so over the past weekend, I interviewed a woman named Mariposa Castro. She was a Trump supporter from California who went to the Capitol January 6th. She um, heard, uh, she had actually gone back to her hotel, hotel, she says. She heard that people were entering the Capitol. She wanted to go see what was going on because on social media, her friends on social media were saying, look, this is Antifa doing all this and pretending that it's Trump supporters. And so she's like, I'm going to go get to the bottom. I'm going to live stream it. So people can, I'm going to call out Antifa. This is her, the story she told me. So she live streams this. She, she crawled through a window to get inside the Capitol and put these people on blast. Um, I guess they were drinking and overturning furniture inside the Capitol. She has video of this. And uh, I'm like drinking. That's insane. Anyway, so she put it on blast. Well, Facebook censors all her footage and then the government arrests her. So she's going to prison today. She would, she just checked into prison. I had an interview with her. It's on my uncensored web- website, ivoryhecker.com. Last time I interviewed a January 6th inmate, YouTube deleted the video, gave me a strike, threatened to delete my account. YouTube doesn't want these January 6th people to be heard themselves, um, which is creepy. I, I'm like, well, let's give them a voice and hear the story directly from them. Anyway, I'm going to play a clip from you. If you if you guys want to see the whole interview um, with me and her before she went off to prison, um, it's on ivoryhacker.com, link down below my uncensored website. But here is my interview with Mariposa, as well as Pen, uh, Penny Faye, who was planning a convoy to support Mariposa today. Mariposa has been arrested and convicted of crimes January 6th. Mariposa, thank you so much for joining me as you prepare to go to prison. Tell me your story. I'm alive. I can't believe it. I thought I was going to die. From all the flags that I had, I, I wanted to take my world peace flag. At first, I wasn't filming it live, but then I decided, you know what, I'm just going to go live. And I'm just going to show this to the world what's happening. I actually thought I was doing something good to capture the the bad people that were destroying the federal building, the Capitol. So I went in there. I don't know how I made it, honestly. One thing that I was able to ascertain from interviewing her and speaking with her is that there was no Miranda rights. She was not Mirandized. However, because she took the plea, it's moot. Penny, you are organizing a convoy as she goes off to prison. We're going to arrive at a truck stop and then escort her to the Aliceville prison. So they did that convoy and escorted her there today. Um, it's, they do, they post all their updates on Facebook on convoy to save America is, is the group. I asked Penny how that convoy went. She said that only three people participated, three different vehicles participated in the convoy. So it was not a very successful convoy. Um, not sure why, but there's not a lot of support for a lot of these January 6th people. Um, so just updating you guys on that as well. Full interview on my website, ivoryhacker.com. Thank you for the super chat, uh, Pittsburgh dude. You should, he, he said, quote, you should talk to Hermelda Aragalwi, not familiar, about what the Biden admin is doing in Ethiopia right now. She left corporate media over a false narrative too. Well, I know the Biden admin is dropping bombs over there. Well, they're criticizing Russia for dropping bombs. 
they are dropping bombs in Africa. I just interviewed a guy who has a whole organization that's trying to help lift Africa out of poverty right now. Interviewed him for my uncensored website, uh, which I'll have that up in the coming days as well. I do want to shed more light on Africa because I, I want everyone to be aware of the distraction tactics in the media. So Biden and men puts out hysteria about one region, Ukraine. All eyes go there. And then Biden and men can do whatever it wants in other regions of the world. Why is why are we so quiet about what's happening in Africa? Now, I showed you guys a map earlier that includes Africa. Let's look at that map again. This is the illness map. Darker blue, the more illness there is. Lighter blue, the less illness there is. Well, there's one continent other than this country right up here. Um, what? So there's one con- <laughs> continent here that's light blue. That is Africa. Why is Africa so light blue when it's so neglected? When they just, they're not doing the needle enough. And they're also not getting the medicine they need. In fact, they're taking a lot of medicine they're not supposed to take for the illness. Africans, Africa's doing it all wrong. So why are, is their health in such a top-notch condition? Why are there only 700 deaths in the country of Mali? Why are there only 1,300 deaths in Congo? interesting. So we're zoning into Africa this week on my uncensored website. Check out ivoryhacker.com. Thanks for the tip on um, uh, Hermela. I'm not familiar with that person. Thank you for the super chat and the tip. I'm always looking for news tips. You guys can email me news tips as well. Ivory at ivoryhacker.com. My email is in my description as well. Just checking your comments here. Oh, you guys wrote a lot of comments. Your comments are probably going to get deleted. YouTube deletes the live comment section on almost all my videos because you guys always go way off the script. You guys go, you guys go way off the narrative and YouTube gets offended that you're, you're not brainwashed. And so they always delete the live chat section. It's pretty funny. Um, Thank you guys so much. And we will probably see you tomorrow. Stay woke, woke. That's what I call it. Double woke. Really knowing what's going on. We'll